Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Road to Radical Visibility. Today's episode is all about not having to prove yourself anymore, not having to justify why you want to be the way that you want to be, or why you want to do what you want to do, or why you want um, your dreams or desires. It's also about how to stop over explaining everything. I don't know about you, but I have been trying to overexplain myself for so many years and I finally stopped all of it because I was like, that is not helpful. And we'll dig a little bit deeper into that. I had a woman say to me, I feel like I'm always trying to prove myself to myself or to someone else. I wonder if you felt like this. I am so freaking tired, Rachel. She's like, I'm just so tired of having to always explain everything that I want or that I want to do or how I want to be. Um, I don't want to have to do it anymore. And the part that hits me with this is that she was so, so tired. And with the tears streaming down her face, I wonder if you can relate to any of this because I can. I'm so happy to have all of you here on another episode of Road to Radical Visibility. If you don't already know, my name is Rachel Freeman Sowers, also known as the Breakthrough Bitch. Yes, that is exactly what I said, because I am so passionate about helping people in the LGBTQ plus neurodiverse and female communities become more bold in the expressions of themselves, their mission, and their truth in their businesses and lives. Let's deep dive into today's episode. So we've talked about feeling or introduced feeling like we have to be proving ourselves or always having to justify. And we're going to talk today about where that comes from and three things that you can actually be doing right now to begin to untangle and unprogram, which is what it is, the things that you were taught that are your truth that really may not be your truth. So when we get busy trying to prove our value, we do it through accomplishments. This is something that I had done. Um, I have two degrees and a half of a PhD, and I'm proud to say that I have a half of a PhD. I didn't keep going for my PhD, even though everyone said, if you stop, you're never going to go back. You won't be able to make the money that you want to make if you don't get a PhD. I kind of just ditched all of those beliefs and started going on my own path. Um, but I was doing those things to prove that I had value or I could have value in the world. I've also been in numerous jobs and going up the ladder was something that I was told would increase my feeling of value to myself and to other people. But what I didn't realize is that this, I was constantly being told and taught how to view myself during all of this proving and justifying and accomplishing. So another way people find themselves justifying and explaining of why you want to be is because of other people's thoughts, opinions, and feelings about it, or even their thoughts, feelings, and opinions about you. We're going to deep dive into that one of my, in one of my stories in just a little bit. And what is it that is happening here because we feel responsible for other people's thoughts and feelings. We're told that we're responsible. How many times have you said, you know, you made me feel this way? Or someone said, if you stop doing this, I'll feel that way. 
And our culture is kind of built on this way of shaming each other and blaming each other. Um, I saw Gary V and he was in this IG and he was like, it's all about you, 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 and not the me, 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 me. And what I know to be true is this throughout all of the work I've done as a licensed therapist and all of the work I've done um, in other areas is that when someone says you made me feel the fact of the matter is, is that there was something triggered within them that isn't quite healed yet. And um, oftentimes that is what we say is someone else's fault instead of being able to look at within ourselves in this deeper way and say, hey, listen, this is still something I'm working through, right? So the result of all of this thing that these things that we've been trained to do, that you've been trained to do, that you've been taught to do is you end up being really hard on yourself. I was leading a vision board workshop a couple of weeks ago and we had 12 women gathered together. It was a beautiful group. And in that group, pretty much every single woman said, I want to learn how to not be so hard on myself. And finding now really what that's about. So the result of having to justify constantly having to prove your value to yourself or to someone else over explaining is that we often be, become more hard on ourselves. We experience burnout and fatigue or maybe even physical illness. I've seen my clients, that happened to my clients, asking yourself, what happened? I used to be so confident. Where did that person go? right? Or I used to be able to do this and now I can't do it. And the mind tries to cognitively work through these processes. But here, I'm here to tell you, it's not about the mind. It is what is in the body, what is stored in the body. It is the emotions. It is the traumas. And I'm not talking like I heard it said the other day, capital T traumas. I'm not talking about, you know, major child abuse, sexual abuse, um, those kinds of things, but traumas that come in our life that teach us things about ourselves. And then we begin to wall off parts of ourselves. So today I want to talk about where this comes from and then what you can do. And one of the major ways this comes through our cultural and societal constructs is through measurement. So I would love to have you think back for just a minute about any religious interactions you've had, any professional interactions you've had, if you're an entrepreneur or even in your personal relationships or friendships about any measurements that told you that if you did this thing, you would then be worthy. If you got A's in your school, you would be more worthy of scholarships for money in college. (laughs) I had that. Or even in college, when I went to Chico State, I was a single mom. I tried to get my GPA up and I had a 3.97 GPA. And when I went for the job interview, the question wasn't like, tell us about your experience and everything that you've done. It was like, why is your GPA lower than this 4.3 of other people? That was it. That was but they didn't know that I was a single mom, that I had worked the whole time, that I, you know, like all of those kinds of things. So where have the measurements come in that have taught you that you are not as valuable as other people? 
or that you had to prove your value or your worth by doing these things. It's the same thing as when I was employed way back in the day. (laughs) Just say that way back in the day. And we weren't supposed to wear jeans as therapists, right? Jeans were unprofessional. And so as you may have guessed, I've always been kind of a rebel. And here's the deal with that. I said, what does it matter if I wear jeans or if I wear slacks? I'm the same person in jeans or slacks. I communicate with children in the same way. I help people heal in the same way. And yet I was told that it wasn't appropriate because of this other measurement that someone had decided would be the measurement of success or the measurement of worth. Measurements also came through for me since I was a very young child um, and being highly sensitive, but I was bullied a lot. The measurements about, you know, fat shaming and the size of your body and the, the size of your clothes, the color of your hair, all of it, right? All of it are measurements about what our society believes is worthy, And I was having a conversation with someone through text this morning, and it was a beautiful conversation. And in that conversation, I shared about how one part of my story of not being good enough was the fact that I was constantly bullied for being a bigger girl. Um, I was constantly bullied for um, being not having the same clothes as everyone else because we were really poor. I was bullied for eating at the mission because I didn't have food in my house. You know, from the fourth grade, and I went to a Christian school, mind you. And the reason that's important is because um, no one helped me. And this was what I was taught through this experience. I was bullied from the fourth grade to the 10th grade um, by a person who had a Um, a short arm with only three fingers. And he was making fun of me every single day, all day long, every single day, all day long. I would go home crying. I would feel worthless. I would tell people and they wouldn't help me. I would tell my parents. And unfortunately they couldn't, didn't know how to help me. Um, I told the principal and this kid never got in trouble, but what I was told in this interaction was that if I didn't fight back, if I didn't say anything mean back, then I would, it would be like keeping hot coals on his head and I would be the better person. And unfortunately that experience taught me that I wasn't the better person. And to just accept the things that everyone was saying and believing about me. And it followed me through an extended period of my life. Even when I was working out at the gym, I was teaching classes, I was doing all these things. This guy said to um, one of my, one of the other instructors, he said, is the big girl teaching today? is the big girl teaching today. And it creates in us this need to have to constantly prove that we're worthy. The more people I help, the more I give of myself, the more of all of those other things, then that makes me more worthy. And I'm telling you, that's not what makes you more worthy. You are worthy because you were here. Noticing all of the beautiful parts of yourself and loving those parts and healing these other parts is what creates value in your own life. 
the other thing that was taught to me that I needed to like boys and I need to marry a boy. And if I liked girls and if I wanted something different than a boy, then I was going to go to hell. That damages someone. It damaged me. It traumatized me. So then I grow up thinking I have to hide these parts of myself or even shove back these other parts. And it was more like constantly saying, don't do that. Don't do that. We're not going there. We're not doing that. And instead of figuring out how to hold my hand out to myself and say, I see you and I hear you and I know you're trying to protect me. So I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit here. I have known I've always needed to go on my own path. It doesn't mean it was easy. And it doesn't mean that you weren't or that I wasn't appropriately shamed for not wanting to go along with the mainstream way of thinking. I also want to say that this thinking was very good for me because when we were so poor and my mom said, we don't have any money for you to buy school clothes, we created my very first business. It's called Clown Around Town. And I would dress up as a clown and I would go to children's birthday parties and I would make um, animal balloons and I would deliver flowers and things to the hospital to really help people feel better and to heal faster. That summer, I made $800 of doing this work. And so that was the counter thing that told me that I could do whatever I wanted to do and how I needed to continue to nurture that part of me too. So I think my mom played a huge part in nurturing the entrepreneur part of me and the part of me that says, no, we can do it. A lot of people say to me, I didn't know, I, you know, they say, I, I want to be confident like you. <clears throat> How do I be confident like you? And I want to empower anyone who is looking at someone else and saying, I want to be like that. The question is more of what do I want to do to feel this within myself? Because my confidence is in the confidence of someone else. It is really the beautiful development of that confidence. And sharing these parts of ourselves with ourselves and realizing that there's traumatized parts of us, realizing that there's these parts that have been developed of ourselves to keep ourselves safe. That is the first step of this work. And the first step in saying, I no longer want to be proving myself. I no longer want to be over explaining. This morning in that conversation, the woman said to me, I didn't know that about you. Thanks for sharing. I would never, I would have never guessed because you were so confident. I think there are parts of each one of us that we have kept hidden. And when we bring these parts of ourselves to light, and instead of saying, I, I don't want to hear that, I don't want to, um, you know, that thought in your head that's like, see, you really can't do it. Or why do you think that you could do this? That other person does it. Or you can't wear that shirt because only women or people with this body type or this 
um, gender wear that shirt. When we begin to develop an awareness of these parts of ourselves, these voices in our head, and I'm not talking about mental health, like multiple personality. These are just parts of us that have kept us safe. And one part of me that kept me safe during all of the bullying was incredible shrinking girl. That's what I named her. And her role was to shrink back to make sure we didn't get hurt. But the only thing with that is, is that as I got older, I didn't want to shrink anymore, but she still thought I had, she had to protect me. And so what I needed to do was to tell her, I've got you, we don't have to protect ourselves anymore. Again, that comes from gaining an awareness. So here are the three things, because I keep on jumping ahead. (laughs) My brain does that. Gain awareness that you're a multifaceted being and you're made up of several parts. And to begin to gain an awareness of the interactions you're having with yourself and approach them with nurturing instead of punishment. Instead of saying, shut up, shut up, shut up. It's saying like, what do you need from me? How can I help you feel safe? Right. And when you begin to interact with these parts of yourself in a different way, you're able to live more of a life of more freedom and ease, not having to prove and not having to justify because you know exactly what's going on within you. The second thing is, is to recognize that the behaviors that you are having and oftentimes the identity that you claim are just patterns from neurological connections that have been made to keep you safe. We have neurological connections and they say, danger, danger. That's not safe for me to get up in front of, let's see how many people were at the women's March a couple years ago, 700 people and give a speech and empower people to create equality um, within themselves and then in their own communities. Like who makes you better than anyone else? Like those are the voices that are there to protect us. And recognizing that the patterns of behavior of me shrinking back are really only neurological connections that are because I was taught that that was my worthiness, but also because I was taught and how to interact in this world to make sure I was safe. So number three is this, playing with the possibility that what you were taught was and is not your truth Yeah, is not your truth. This can feel scary to my clients and it felt scary to me because then what is my truth? But more than scary, it was about adventure. It was about curiosity. You know, it's just like in a marriage and I will say I've been married three times. The third time was a charm for me, but it was because I finally realized what I needed to do to evolve and change and how I am looking within my marriage and how my wife and I are evolving and changing both individually and together. It's the same thing with the relationship with yourself. If you've been feeling stuck, if you've been feeling like, I just don't know how to get out of this, it's because we try, keep trying to do the same thing. We keep creating that same cycle over and over and over. And there's some parts that are missing that when you discover them, 
And when you learn them, they will set you free. So when we begin to gain awareness, we recognize that our behaviors are just patterns. And oftentimes our identity is just patterned way of being, but it's not who we really are. And then we play with the possibility that what you were taught is your truth. What you were taught is your reality may no longer be your truth or reality and that you can shift that. Then you begin to experience more freedom in the way that you want to be in the world, the way that you want to interact, the way you want to move about. It's no longer about, I can't say this because it's going to hurt someone else's feelings, but it's really about, Hey, this is my truth. Um, It no longer needs to be defensive It no longer needs to be out of anger or out of protection. Being able to create this way of being within yourself allows you to be with different people in a whole different way and to be with other people in a new way. My whole goal is to make sure that I maintain this inner way of being so that I can be here with all of you. And hopefully you'll be inspired by any of the messages that I put out there. So I want to really empower you. If you're watching this video on the YouTube channel, please make sure to make a comment below about what um, was most helpful to you or what stuck out to you the most. Please feel free to hit that like button and the subscribe button. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I want to say thank you so much for listening on the podcast. Don't forget to rate the podcast. It would be really helpful if you um, would rate the podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and end it there and I'll end this video like I end every single video. Please make sure to stay true to yourself, be kind to others, and always, always, always honor the wise one that is within you. I hope to see you all on the next episode of Road to Radical Visibility. Bye.